The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. What's good, everybody? Welcome to the SB Nation NFL show. This is the day two draft recap show. I'm Rob Stats Guerrero from Niners Nation. And with me today from blogging the boys, RJ Ochoa. What's up, RJ? Stats, how goes it? The bar has emptied out. You and I are the last people in. We are the true sick NFL fans here to talk about Friday night's festivities. I don't know that you're ever going to sleep again. I admire your hustle. I admire your grind. Stats is the true MVP of the SB Nation NFL show, as uh, whoever Bobby G is uh, once ultimately said. Um, I'm very, very, very down as a Dallas Cowboys fan, but I'm super pumped as an NFL fan because these last two days have been pure euphoria. It has been an incredible couple days of the draft. I have been loving it. I am not the MVP, by the way. Nice of you to say. The real MVP are the tens of thousands of people that tuned in to watch the SB Nation NFL draft show that we did on Thursday night. We are so grateful to you for making time for us and making part, making us part of your draft experience. I know there's a ton of options out there for you. And I, between RJ and Pete Sweeney and myself, I, I'm glad that we were good enough to, for you to give us some of your time. Yeah, I mean, seriously, uh, I didn't get to get to the NFL show in time as you guys did. Uh, so you guys really carried me and I'm grateful to you for that. Uh, Pete looked incredible. Seriously. I mean, <laughs> what what a handsome guy. Uh, you did your usual stats debonair dance. Um, it's it's so like. I'm sort of living in a in a phase or what is it a phase a fuzz uh, a, a haze that's what I'm living in uh, where like I kind of don't believe that this has happened already and that some of these picks have been made uh, and that these players actually have homes now that we can discuss and be upset or be happy about uh, but it really is fun I mean I, BLG said it earlier um, it, it has felt normal it's been a long time since something NFL related has felt normal like this. You're right. I honestly like, you know, you get desensitized to the mass in a kind of way, but you see the guys come out and they're they're giving Goodell, you know, hugs and everybody's interacting. There's fans there. It it did feel normal. You're right. It was just kind of nice to sort of ease back into that. And look, that's what we're going to get from the NFL season. I believe Roger Goodell has said he wants full capacity at all the stadiums for all the games in 2021. But before we get there, RJ, First of all, remind everybody, rate, review, subscribe to the SB Nation NFL show. 
But before we get there, we got to break down this draft. We spent how many months, you know, analyzing it and previewing it. And we're right in the thick of it yesterday. They were a ton of good picks. The Packers drafted a guy, A. Rogers. The old Browns drafted a guy whose last name was Cleveland, which I got a particular kick out of. The 49ers drafted two dudes named Trey, and the Dolphins got two Jalens. It was a hell of a day. Yeah, last year was the Eagles who got two Jalens um, with their first two picks, just like the Dolphins did this year. Um, stats, I loved certain picks in the uh, the second and third round. None of them, again, had to do with the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, the Cowboys had a particularly awful third round. Uh, <laughs> but among my favorite picks, I think this is a great point to get started, Trey Sermon going to the Niners. Like, I'm loving what San Francisco's doing here, uh, which I'm sure scratches your back in quite the nice way. Well, here's the thing. Like, people on Twitter immediately jumped down their back. Oh, what are you trading up to get a running back for? Because the 49ers had nine picks, and they didn't have nine spots on the roster that were going to make a team. Like, I don't know if people don't understand it, but there's only so many roster spots. And just because you have a draft pick doesn't mean they're automatically going to make your team. I would much rather give up some lower-round picks to move up to get a guy that's definitely going to make the squad than to take a flyer on some dude in the seventh round. That's fair. Um, so congratulations to you. Um, and I, you know what's been super neat here is there has been like such a theme of friendship throughout you know the draft so far. Lots of college teammates either staying together or being reunited. Um, obviously, a lot of quarterbacks in the first round got former wide receivers that they had had. Uh, Trey Sermon um, could have joined Justin Fields, you know, in San Francisco that didn't happen. So sorry about that. Uh, but it, I have enjoyed that overall theme. Um, you mentioned Cleveland, obviously talking about the Brown selection, but they had maybe my favorite pick of the night in Anthony Schwartz, the wide receiver out of Auburn. I feel like the Browns offense continues to grow, continues to develop, continues to get much better. I, I really, there's a lot that I liked in rounds two and three. I think the chargers are having one of the best drafts of the entire NFL. Um, and, and we already talked about, you know, you and I did about how Justin Herbert is, is, is I termed it having the glow up of the entire season. I also <laughs> think, I mean, the giants are having a great draft, especially with the fact that they picked up a future first round pick. I love the OZ's Ojalari pick. Um, it's that, that's tough to process personally for me. The Browns also walked away with JOK, who many people believe is the best, you know, potential linebacker in the class. We all know that Micah Parsons is the true best linebacker in the class. Um, but I, I would put Cleveland, New York, and Los Angeles, maybe even Detroit at the very top of any sort of winner's list. Well, congratulations, Dave Gettleman, for figuring out how to trade down in the draft. He had never done it in his whole career going into this year. He did it twice on Friday. And you're right. I think the Giants have put together a solid a solid draft so far. There are weapons there in New York for Daniel Jones. I, I almost feel like it, this was sort of the Giants' way of saying, okay, Daniel, we don't have a bunch of scrubs around you anymore. We're trying to build up the offense. We're trying to build up the defense. Like, no excuses now. I don't want to see you tripping over the grass when you're in the open field running in for a touchdown. Like, get it together. Get rid of the fumbling problems and show us why you should have been the sixth pick in the draft. Yeah, it feels like promotion from the kids table, right? Like your first Thanksgiving, you get to sit with the adults and, um, you know, like you see your aunt and she's drinking wine and it's like, whoa, that's <laughs> that's a different thing here. Um, and it's like, you mean I get to serve myself first, you know, and while all the kids are at the like plastic fold up table. Uh, so congratulations to Daniel Jones stats. I do want to share 
a take with you that I received in our Slack channel throughout the draft. Um, a, a team that I think had a really great second round in particular, now granted they did have two picks, was the Kansas City Chiefs. They landed Nick Bolton, who a lot of people like as well, another great linebacker prospect. Uh, but near the end, with their second round pick, the 31st overall pick in the second round, 63 overall, they took the Oklahoma center Creed Humphrey. We have obviously seen Kansas City devote a number of resources towards refixing that offensive line. That's why they didn't have a first round pick in this draft. They traded for Orlando Brown about six minutes after Creed Humphrey was drafted and everybody had a whole lot of fun uh, with his name. Guess who messaged me on Slack? Patrick Mahomes. Oh, yeah. Patrick Mahomes said, uh, you know, hey, RJ, built some Whataburgers here in KC doing uh, doing the cause for the greater good. It was actually Pete Sweeney. Um, and the message came in at 1040 p.m. Central Standard Time. He said, I have a take. That was the first message. Oh, no. <laughs> the second take or second second tweet or second second message. Patrick Mahomes will wrap the MVP race by week 12. <laughs> so if there was. Any thought that Chiefs fans were humbled by the course of the last three months, Pete Sweeney has put them all back in their proper place. I mean, Patrick Mahomes got roughed up for like three or four games at the end of the year last year. The Chiefs were like, that's it. We're rebuilding the whole offensive line. Let's tear it all down. We'll bring in all new people. We can't have this anymore. That is not how we're going to do things here. They know which side their bread is buttered on, RJ. They said, forget it. We're not doing this. They totally rebuilt their offensive line. I don't know how you cannot love what the Chiefs have done because they're all about Mahomes and everything they've done has made life easier for him. I agree with that. And I don't think that there's a better way they could have gone about this. So I'm not trying to say like they're flawed in their philosophy or disposition, but, and we've talked about this in several capacities. The Chiefs have also gotten extraordinarily lucky on and I, I certainly don't want to, you know, cast any sort of, uh, you know, horrible energy their way, but they've gotten incredibly lucky, like on the injury front. Right. And I'm not saying like they should be spending these picks on skill positions and things like that, but we see this in the NFL, right? Like um, you and BLG love to talk about uh, the, what is it? The hole in the boat or whatever that you shoot or whatever. So like you see, like when there's a hole in the boat, like an NFL team rushes to fix that. And while you're fixing it, another hole pops up. And like, I worry that this is the beginning of the chiefs kind of chasing their tail. And that after this, it's another problem and it's like oh we just fixed the other problem like now the other side of the boat's leaking we got to go do that i mean that sometimes when you take on water it is the beginning of the end and i'm not at all saying the chiefs are done competing in the nfl but i don't think it's just it is so rarely something in the nfl where like you have a problem oh cool here's the fix and everything's all good i think another example of that is this is a different capacity but like when the Seahawks traded for jimmy grant that was supposed to be this like okay we did it we got it we took care of it but like Granted, they traded Max Unger to do that, so they they hurt themselves in a different way. And the Chiefs haven't done that, but it, it's it's far from a foolproof system. Is my only point. Look, you don't have to worry about holes in the boat when your quarterback walks on water. As long as they got Patrick Mahomes, I don't care what else is there with them. Like they're gonna be just fine. He's gonna find a way to make it work. I I agree with you that it. Normally, if you didn't have this all-world generational quarterback, you might have to worry about that. But as long as they've got Mahomes, I think they believe, and I think this draft shows, they think they can do anything. 
Okay, well, enough about the Chiefs. We talk about the Chiefs way too much. Uh, Stats, I have mentioned several picks that I liked in particular by name, and I want you to name names. Give me a draft pick that you liked on Friday night. You know, ideally uh, a player that wasn't, you know, chosen by the San Francisco 49ers, but it's up to you. It's your your choice. Uh, You know, do with it what you want. But that's my – it would be a nice thing if it was literally anybody else. I'm going to go to the NFC East. Oh, Unfortunately for you, I'm not going to go to the Dallas Cowboys. I got to go with the Washington football team because I feel like they just keep stacking good decisions. They get the tackle in Sam Cosme. Then they get De'Ami Brown, who Chris Sims had as his third best receiver in the entire draft. They get him in the third round. You put him with Terry McLaurin, who, by the way, was also a third round draft pick for Washington back in the day. Obviously, they have Fitzpatrick there. Ron Rivera is there. I keep talking about how Ron Rivera is an adult. The Washington football team just continues to make smart decisions, and I can't believe those words just came out of my mouth. Yeah, I really do feel like New York has had the best draft in the division, and a lot of that is because of the future capital that they've acquired, but Washington's not far behind. I thought Philadelphia's picks today were a bit suspect, but I think at the end of the day, Eagles fans are happy to have the reigning Heisman Trophy winner, friend of the SB Nation NFL show, by the way, Devontae Smith. Um, and and I think the Cowboys are having the worst draft. This was a bad day, and I do want to make a Cowboys point in a little bit. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think Washington's done really well. Um, they have not drafted a quarterback, which is something that we thought was possible, and I certainly thought could happen today. We did see a run on quarterback stats. Kyle Trask went uh, final pick of the second round of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, I believe. I don't know where I saw that mocked um, on Friday. It might have been your boy, Chris Sims. It, it was somebody that I definitely saw, um, and I thought that that seemed impossible. Um, I don't know if Kyle Trask is the future quarterback in Tampa Bay, but I know if I'm him, I'm pretty pumped to go be around what they've got going on there. And, of course, the quarterback whisperer that is Bruce Arians and all the success he's had with all these, you know, super project quarterbacks in his career, whatever. But that kicked things off. Um, the Jaguars took Andre Sisco in between it all, but then the Minnesota Vikings took Kellen Mond, also friend of the SB Nation NFL show. Big week for our friends. And following that, this is what I really want your take on stats. The Houston Texans used their first pick in the draft on a quarterback, Davis Mills, out of Stanford. I don't think that this is shocking by any means, this particular statement. But within the context of this particular selection, the Deshaun Watson era in Houston is absolutely over, right? They spent their first pick on a quarterback. Yeah, I think that because don't forget, it's not just a question of does he get his legal situation straightened out? Right. Because And that's a massive, massive, huge question, which is clearly that is the most important thing in all this. But separate from that is the fact that he don't want to be there anymore. He demanded a trade before all this ever happened. So they really, you really have to think that it's going to be over there. And they had to cover themselves. And there was a run on quarterbacks. We had three quarterbacks chosen in a four-pick span. And... I know they have Tarod Taylor there, yippee. Everybody knows he's not the guy, and I agree with you. We say it again and again and again. Don't listen to what these teams say. Listen to what they do. Nick Casario and David Culley could get on in front of a microphone and say they're not going to trade Deshaun Watson, blah, blah, blah. When it came down to it and it was nut-cutting time, Davis Mills was the pick, and there's a reason for that, and you said it. Yeah, I find it fascinating, especially that – you're right. Like they are very 
very fascinating with their choice words and their press conferences. But this this is literally, and I, I don't mean to sound um, exaggerative. I don't mean to sound like Rob Lowe in Parks and Rec. But I mean, this is literally the biggest bat signal that they could flash in the sky this offseason that they do not plan on having Deshaun Watson around. And you're right. Like, there are two very different, but both individually in their own ways, very large reasons why it's very safe to believe that that is not the case or that that is the case, excuse me. And so, yeah, and I actually, in a weird way, applaud them for because I don't value Davis Mills the way I do Kellen Mond or Kyle Trask. I'm actually surprised that Kellen Mond went after Kyle Trask, Uh, but maybe Tampa does feel like they do. They have the time to kind of afford the development that Kyle will need because they obviously have Tom Brady. Um, But all that being said, I think some Texans fans, you know, I, I went to Texas A&M University, which is partly why I'm, I'm so tied to Kellen Mann. But I, if you don't know the stats, College Station is like an hour away from Houston. So lots of Houston people end up going to A&M. And so there's a lot of Texans fans, I imagine, that are Aggies saying, well, why didn't we trade up to take Kellen Mond if we're going to do this, whatever? Because you don't have a lot of picks. Like you you have the, – the Texans are the team that has maxed out all their credit cards trying to pay for each one. You just have to be patient. Like at, at a certain point, you got to sit there and you got to like eat it. And I respect that they did that, even if they'd taken Kellen Mond. He's not the quarterback of the future in Houston. Um, but Houston has been trying to find a hometown hero for a long time, all the way back to Case Keenum. And so I, I guess I like this pick, which is a weird way to feel. I do want to ask you this, though. Kellen Mond went the pick ahead of him. He went 66 to Minnesota. Who starts more games in 2021? Kellen Mond or Davis Mills? Davis Mills. Kirk Cousins plays, man. But I, they, I, 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 they, they spent a, a top third round pick on on him. And so they, they clearly have maybe one foot out the door isn't the right way to put it. But they, they clearly are eyeing the door, right? Like, you know, when you're like you're having lunch with somebody and they're just like rambling on and on and you're like looking at your watch, kind of like the way you're doing to me right now. Like, (laughs) when's this going to end? You know, like that's what they're doing. And I, again, I'm not saying I truly believe in Kellen Mond's future as an NFL quarterback, but that, that threat is there. And while I don't believe in second or third round quarterbacks in general, philosophically, I mean, Kirk, Kirk Cousins is good, and I believe in him more than other people. But the narrative around him is going to accelerate Kellen Mond's kind of heat behind him. Let me just deliver a message for everybody in Minnesota, okay? And I agree with your analogy. Don't be so quick to push Kirk Cousins out the door. That's all I'm telling you. You're getting rid of a guy who never misses a game, whose average year since he's shown up on your doorstep is 4,200 yards, with 29 touchdowns and 12 interceptions. That's the average year from that you got from Kirk Cousins. Not every, not every team has a quarterback that does that every year. I hate to break it to you. And you're going to, you know, it's the kind of thing where, like, you're dating somebody and then you look around and you're like, man, there's a lot of attractive people in this room. And then you start to think, like, maybe I should be with one of them. And then you break up with whoever you're with to date one of these quote unquote attractive people. And you realize, you know what? I actually had it pretty good before. It wasn't as bad as I thought. Maybe I made a huge mistake. I know Kirk Cousins is not a top five quarterback, but he's not terrible at all. I don't think Kirk Cousins is the problem in Minnesota. So I would say just don't be willing to kick him out the door because all of a sudden you got a shiny new toy in Kellen Mond. I agree with you entirely. Again, I'm team Kirk, but this this is not a pick that was spent for no reason. 
And and that's why I I honestly think it's partially unfairly. Kirk is on if we power ranked quarterbacks by like however hot their seat are, like Derek Carr is the king of this, but Kirk is in the top ten of hot seats, which which sucks and ultimately means if Minnesota moves on from him, somebody's gonna like next year's free agent quarterback class could be very interesting. If Kirk is like the headliner, once again, uh, maybe he ends up somewhere like, I mean, it's hard to kind of forecast that maybe he ends up in Denver, right? If, if things don't ultimately work out there and who knows with Aaron Rodgers, my goodness, like that's the other thing. Like I, this has been a weird, weird kind of cycle with this Aaron Rodgers thing. I know we're here to recap the news, but like now the take is kind of coming out. Like people are saying Aaron's being a bit unfair. And the Packers finally had the move on Friday that was, I guess, like theoretically appeasing uh, Aaron Rodgers when they drafted a wide receiver, finally, Amari Rodgers out of Clemson. And so, but again, like he has Devontae Adams, like, you know, like he doesn't have this like cast of misfits. He has Devontae Adams. And yeah, who Bob else Tanya. does he have? Oh, Bob Tanyan. Alan Bob Tanyan would be nothing without Aaron Rodgers. Alan Lazard, you know, um, I mean, I don't know. I, I find this whole – look, my heart will not be broken in any way if Aaron Rodgers leaves the Green Bay Packers, and neither will yours. But I do – and and this this idea that they've done nothing. They, the, the Packers spent big in free agency, what was it, three years ago now for the first time like ever when they went out and got Zedarius Smith and Preston Smith. And so that has happened. And so the idea, again, that they're just like, you know – begging him to lift them is a little bit absurd in my mind, but he does have a, a level of legitimacy to his feelings. I don't get your argument. Well, your argument is like, remember that one year where we actually brought in some good dudes? Like that's your argument. Give me a break. What are we just talking about at the beginning of this episode? What do the chargers do for Justin Herbert? What do the chiefs do for Patrick? Mah- they had four games where Patrick Mahomes got roughed up. They overhauled their entire offensive line. The Packers have had Aaron Rodgers for years and they never made building an offense around him a priority because they knew that he was just going to drag them along, kicking and screaming to success. They paid Aaron Jones. They found David Bakhtiari. They've paid David Bakhtiari to keep him there. Um, They have drafted defensive help. They picked up uh, Jair Alexander's fifth year option, you know, like they, and he's a great corner, you know, I, I mean, and certainly was peaking earlier in his career, but I mean, they, they have, again, they've not just been useless. Has he been the driving force behind their greatness? Absolutely. But they have not done absolutely nothing. And I, I think, uh, you know, apparently he wants to go to Denver. What did Denver do prior to 2015? So for the three years before that to help Peyton, I mean, they drafted what Monte ball and Cody Latimer, Right. Like, yes, they signed Wes Welker. But I mean, it was really John Elway kind of doing nothing before it came down to like, okay, this is the end. And he got insanely lucky and landed TJ Ward and Von Miller and Emmanuel Sanders. And it all finally clicked. Not Von Miller, uh, DeMarcus Ware. Sorry. Who would you rather have right now? Green Bay's wide receivers or Denver's wide receivers? I mean,. I'd rather have That's, Denver's wide receivers. I don't know about that because because you I, got Green Bay, you got Devontae Adams, and a pile of nothing. I would rather have Devontae Adams over anything. I mean, would he's arguably the best wide receiver in the NFL? So I will take arguably the best wide receiver in the NFL and whoever versus you know I would rather have an A plus and anything else versus like several Bs. Well, I'll double your A plus. Great. 
You'll double my A plus. What does that yeah. mean? I'll I'll double team your A plus. Oh, and okay. guess what? Then guess what else I have to worry about the rest of the game? Nothing. Nothing. You got a pile of trash bags there. I don't know. Devonte Adams has found a way to be successful in spite of this. And so, like, is is Devonte Adams? And now we've gotten down. But I'm just gonna. This is my last question. I, and I asked this. I think I asked you this back during the season. Is Devonte Adams the best wide receiver that Aaron Rodgers has ever had? Yeah. It's not close. Who else is even in the discussion? That's my point. I I think it's close. I think, you know, like peak Greg Jennings was really, really, really good. Come on. Um, But so, okay, so they have literally given him the best wide receiver that he has ever had with them. Also, is Aaron Jones not the best running back he's ever had in his time with the Green Bay Packers? Yeah, the best running back he's ever had. That's the point. The people he's had around him are not that good. So they've gotten better. Like again, Somebody the- has to be the best you've ever had, right? I- Somewhere in the world, as George Carlin <laughs> used to say, is the world's worst doctor. And somebody has an appointment with that person today. I don't know what that reference is in reference to, um, but I'm sure it's great. So congratulations to you <laughs> for that. Um, but... Um, Whatever. Uh, what other picks did you like on Friday night stats? God, got me down a Packers rabbit hole here. We're <laughs> supposed to be talking about the draft. I actually, I don't know if I like this pick. I, I like it because my team didn't do it and it might blow up in their face. And that's the Arizona Cardinals with Rondale Moore. Mm. He's had some injury problems, but I think the Cardinals needed to add an explosive piece on offense. And I know, like I said, Rondale has been banged up, but man, when he was healthy, he was a force for Purdue. And I know this because I host the Niners Nation podcast with a Boilermaker. So he was all, you know, praying that he would end up in San Francisco. But I think that's what the Cardinals need to do. I think the offense has been the issue there in Arizona. I, you like to think that Kyler Murray and Cliff Kingsbury and those guys could get it together and get a little more explosive. And Rondale Moore, if he can stay healthy, is the perfect guy to do that. You know, I might hurt your feelings here, but I think that Arizona is to San Francisco what Dallas might be to Washington in that um, obviously San Francisco has a better overall roster than Arizona, which I think is true about Washington compared to Dallas. But and we'll see what Trey Lance is friend of the SB Nation NFL show, Trey Lance. But Arizona right now has a far superior quarterback and and that is is a is a big difference maker and so i would right now probably take arizona in each of those games without seeing anything throughout the 2021 season i think that's fair and i like what arizona has done i love the zavin collins pick in the first round and so like i i think that they're people use the phrase all in way too loosely but i they, they are going for it a little bit which is nice to see they're, they're not twiddling their thumbs like we've seen a little bit in the cliff kingsbury era before They can't in the NFC West. It's an arms race right now. If you twiddle your thumbs, you're dead in the water. By the way, did you hear the Zayvon Collins phone call that he had with Steve Kime when he got picked? I did. Maybe that's why Kyle Shanahan said he couldn't guarantee that everybody would be alive on Sunday. Um, So if you haven't heard it, Zayvon Collins gets the call from Steve Kime, and he's super excited. Everybody is screaming in the background. He tells them all to shut up, and he says to Steve Kime, we're going to kill everybody. <laughs> and like, that's a division rival of mine. I loved it, RJ. Like, I lo- that is a fantastic. I'm rooting for him now. Yeah, I mean, ultimately, I, I like what Arizona is doing. Um, my last question to you, Stats, before I bring up my, uh, my Cowboys soapbox, I think the Seahawks are having the worst draft of the NFC West. I know that they 
haven't really made any picks, but and and the Rams too. Like this, this does feel like San Francisco and Arizona both restocking, while um, you know L.A. and Seattle just sit and hope. Sometimes there are years like that in divisions. 2012 was a year like that for Seattle. They had a great draft. Other teams in the division, not so much. Sometimes there are swings like that. Um, Seattle is frustrating to me because I feel like I always look at their draft and I'm like, oh, I don't think they did a good job. And then, you know what? It doesn't matter because they have Russell Wilson, so they still win 10 damn games every year. Here's the thing with the Rams. The Rams they kind of need to make good on their picks because the thing that they need given their salary cap situation is they need young, cheap players. And the only way to get that is through the draft. And if you don't make, you know, if you have a couple bad picks when you only have, you know, a few bites at that apple, it really puts you in a bind because the bottom of your roster gets really thin really quickly. And if your high end stars get hurt, you're screwed. Yeah. Um, that's a great way to put it. This is, um, this has been a weird day, stats, if I'm being honest with you. Um, and what can I vent? Can I vent about the Cowboys? We talked about the Niners. So let's I mean. do this. Let's take a break and then you can oh. vent about the Cowboys. Okay. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's insight assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Okay, Stats, the time has come. And... BLG, if you're listening, I'll talk to you on the NFC's mixtape, and I will have calmed down by then. However, this is the moment, Stats. Um, so I'm going to read you a tweet. Statistics. This is a serious talk. All right? Stats is not the proper term. Um, from Matt Miller, one of the best and most renowned draft analysts of the game, from the four-letter network, ESPN. Um, I'm just going to read it, like, word for word. Cowboys round three versus my board. Pick 75. Osa Odigizua, UCLA defensive tackle. The Cowboys took him with the 75th overall pick stats. Matt Miller had him ranked number 228 overall. Okay. <laughs> oh, no. Okay. That's the first one. The Cowboys had three third-round picks. The second one, pick 84, which is actually the pick that they got from the Philadelphia Eagles when they traded back from 10 to 12 on Thursday night. Uh, the Dallas Cowboys took Iowa defensive end Chauncey Golston. Okay. 84 overall. Matt Miller's rank. 242. Oh. <laughs> okay. The third pick. The Cowboys had three third-round picks. Pick 99 overall. The Dallas Cowboys took Oregon State cornerback Nassan Wright. 99 overall. Matt Miller's rank, 315 overall. What? That was their third round. And what makes matters worse, I uh, 
we we live streamed ourselves. We had a live show over at Blogging the Boys. In the whole third round, even in the second round, we were screaming for them to take either Elijah Molden or Ifatu Melifanu. Those were the two that we were screaming, and they didn't take him. They they took Kelvin uh, Joseph in the second round, a corner out of Kentucky, and that's fine. But we were screaming, double dip, go back. You have three third round picks, go get another corner. So the Cowboys take this guy and stats Nissan Wright, and I'm not trying to you know bag on this young man. But every major analyst who I follow on Twitter responded in the same way and said, I've never heard of this guy. And they took him with the 99th overall pick. And to make matters worse, at pick 100, the Tennessee Titans took Elijah Molden. And at pick 101, the Detroit Lions took Ifatu Melifanvu. So, like, I could understand this. If you and I were sitting here having this conversation and both Molden and Melifanu were still on the board and maybe we're asking the question, like, why did the why is the NFL so down on these guys? Whatever, blah, blah. But the fact that they literally went the picks right after the Cowboys took this dude that nobody had ever heard of in the third round really has a lot of us panicked over at Blogging the Boys. And I could understand the panic. And what I would do if I was in your situation, I would say, okay. You know what? Ultimately, it doesn't matter what any of these draft analysts say. What matters is how good these guys actually play. So then I would look back on the current regime and say, what is their history in the draft? If they have a good, strong history in the draft, then I feel a little bit better. I put my faith in those guys and in that history and say, you know what? It's going to turn out okay. And then we're going to have the last laugh after all those guys. And and save those tweets now because get ready for freezing cold takes two and three years from now. So with that strategy, RJ, do you feel any better? Not at all, uh, because uh, these these feel like picks orchestrated by Dan Quinn, the Cowboys' new defensive coordinator, and that's fine that they have a level of trust in him. However, the Cowboys have been down this path before of trying to embody the classic Seattle Seahawks, you know, scheme that they used obviously throughout the Legion of Boom era, and it did not work. And so I I just I'm I'm very hesitant to believe that Dan Quinn can just recreate the Legion of Boom and that he can do so by picking a player with a top 100 pick that nobody has ever heard of. I mean, it just it's it's threading a needle uh, of all needles. And it's it's either incredibly brilliant or it's incredibly arrogant um, in a narcissistic way that will lead to the demise of the team. And so right now, logic suggests it's the latter, unfortunately. That is a good way to put it. It's it's an all or nothing proposition. I don't really, I hate to rain on your parade, but I don't really, you're not really having a parade. I shouldn't say that. I think Dan Quinn is not a very good defensive coordinator. So the fact that they're putting all their eggs in the Dan Quinn basket, like you're not going to be able to have any omelets today. That's all I'm saying. I agree with you. Um, these are these are rough times at Blogging the Boys, but you know, there, there is a day three and we're excited about it. Um, although I, if I'm being honest, the, the Cowboys haven't made a single pick that, that I love the value of at all this whole draft period what the Parsons pick I know that Jerry Jones never shies away from guys with off-field issues but like man you got lucky with Alden Smith that he was able to have at least one year for you where he he you know stayed out of trouble do the Cowboys really need this guy that much that they're going to overlook all this stuff so here's the thing within that um is they took Micah Parsons at 12 overall 
and they took Kelvin Joseph at 44 overall, who also, in a very different way, has character issues, basically was kicked out of LSU and off of their program and had to go to Kentucky. And so this is a team, and specifically a defense, that has been in massive need of like a culture reboot, and those are the first two dudes you pick. And what's more, I don't know if you saw this, stats on Friday in Micah Parsons' introductory press conference, Michael McCarthy said that he was not part of the only Zoom call that the Cowboys had with him in the pre-draft process. And that's fine, right? Like, if you want to let your scouts be a part of that, like, I, I'm not at all, you know, hanging up on, on, the si- on the idea that Mike McCarthy has to evaluate Micah Parsons, but he has these character issues and these potential red flags. And so I would imagine if you're willing to spin at what at the time was a top 10 pick on him, that you would want your head coach to kind of vet him in that capacity. And so it's, he's a very athletic player. He's a very gifted linebacker and their linebacker situation is really bad. And so he is necessary in some respects, but the the math of all this doesn't add up. And, and again, the, the value that they're, acquiring is non-existent which makes all of their picks look further and further you know uh in a sense of disarray which is a really unsettling place to be entering saturday that's a weird sort of abdication of responsibility from mike mccarthy that's an oddly strange thing i agree with you i i don't know if these draft picks are good or bad but like i said earlier i'm a fan of what washington did rj i'm just telling you I don't know if the Dallas Cowboys are the favorite to win that division. I think Washington's going to be a real problem for you. I think that Washington's going to look back and regret not doing more at the quarterback position than bringing in Ryan Fitzpatrick. I think that that's that's a big deal, um, and and I think that like that puts a glass ceiling on them. It does. Maybe it maybe it's winning the NFC East, but it really does. You know, on what is otherwise a really talented roster. They could have Jimmy Garoppolo because apparently oh. I don't know where else that Jimmy Garoppolo is going to go. When the Texans drafted Davis Mills, I said, oh, no, that's the <laughs> last kind of suitor, readily available suitor I thought that Jimmy could go to. So selfishly, I'm mad about that. So I'm still trying to find destinations for him. Stats, my last real question for you is what if Jimmy Garoppolo, because this is conceivable. I know you think it's impossible, but what if he's the week one starter for San Francisco? He, I mean, in order to, if you hear Kyle Shanahan tell it, it's going to be, quote, very difficult for Trey Lance to beat him out. Um, I, I can't do it. I just can't do it. We've seen that movie too many times. You're going to give up three number one picks and a third round pick for a quarterback that you're not going to play. Like, it just doesn't make any sense to me. I think that they vastly overestimated Jimmy Garoppolo's market and what they could get back for him. And when the offers came in and they weren't what they wanted, they thought that they were going to be cool and just hang on and wait. And eventually they were going to get a sucker bet. And what happened? Mac Jones went to the Patriots. Everybody, all of a sudden, Justin Fields went to Chicago. Everybody got their quarterback. The music, the music stopped. And the only person in not sitting in a chair were the 49ers and Jimmy Garoppolo. So I think they might be stuck with him, which means if, if everything goes according to my plan, they're going to have a $26 million backup quarterback. I can't wait for the first like bit of footage from practice. Do you remember it was like three years ago when, when Jimmy threw like five picks in practice or whatever it was, you know, what I'm talking about five, str- five picks on five straight passes. <laughs> right. Um, like I can't wait for the equivalent of that where he looks on fire, right? <laughs> like where he's just like amazing. And all the Jimmy stands are like in your mentions. And they're like, what now? The Niners just wasted the third overall pick when they had a great quarterback and Jimmy grew up. I really can't wait for that day. I'm just telling you, keep waiting. 
He doesn't have those days in practice. Kyle Posey goes to 49ers practice. He said that the Jimmy interception thing happens way more than the kind of day you're talking about. Like, there's a reason that the 49ers did this move. You don't do this move just because Jimmy Garoppolo gets hurt. Despite what they say, you don't give up what they gave up for that. And so, whatever. They're going to be stuck with him, and we'll see what happens. I hope the Niners do the right thing and play Trey Lance and play all the other damn guys they got, and let's go get it. My last, last, last question. Yes. Who starts more games in 2021, Jimmy Garoppolo or Davis Mills? Oh, I'm going to say Jimmy Garoppolo because I think that the Texans are going to go with Tarod Taylor. And Jimmy will probably end up starting a couple games. He'll either get benched because he stinks or because he gets hurt. <laughs> so he's not going to play a full season. That's for damn sure. But I will say Jimmy Garoppolo because I don't think Davis Mills is going to see the field. Wow. Cold hearted. I respect. Yeah, that's sort of how I roll. Not going to lie. It's kind of my yeah. thing. Yeah. Well, good for you, Stats. I'm in a pit of misery right now, um, <laughs> but I'm very, very, very excited for day three. Lots of names still left on the board. Uh, this has been a wild couple of days so far. We've already gotten a Tim Tebow resurgence, uh, an Aaron Rodgers yes. rumor. Uh, I truly have no idea what Saturday could bring, but um, I have a feeling it's going to be epic. And people don't watch as much as they do on day one, and it's a mistake because this is where Super Bowl teams are built. It is not on Thursday. It's on Friday, and it's on Saturday. So you should watch, even if you don't know all the names. When you look back, you realize, holy crap, that really did matter. So this is where the stake is. Don't fall for the sizzle, people. Who falls for the sizzle? Like, I don't know. That's a Is that an, a real expression? Did you make that up? Right now. That's not an expression. Look, it's two o'clock in the morning. This is the best <laughs> I could do. It's two o'clock in the morning in lame people time. It's one o'clock in the morning in the best part of the country. We want to remind you, rate, review, <laughs> and subscribe to the SB Nation NFL show. We are going to be with you every day of the offseason. Don't scurry off when the draft is over. We are going to be here with you, keeping you company, keeping the warm glow of the NFL throughout the cold, cold offseason. Thanks for listening, everybody. Rate, review, subscribe. We'll talk to you again soon. Jimmy Garoppolo forever. <laughs>